pace of life, and then we're going to be looking at our pocketbook. And the question is, uh, have you ever felt like you're under pressure? Have you ever felt like pressure is just like you're weightlifting? You know, you're laying on that bench, and you're pumping, but then all of a sudden somebody starts putting the weights on, and you just can't get the bar up. Ever feel like that? I know I do. It feels like they just keep loading the weight on, and it gets to the point where, where the bar's on your chest, and, and you know how you're supposed to have, if you've ever weight lifted, you're supposed to have a what behind you? Spotter. So that if that bar, you can't get it up, they're there to help you get it back onto the, to the, 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 the bench rack. But if it gets on your chest and it just starts feeling like, I can't breathe. It's a reality. Pressure is a reality. Let's just be honest about it. Maybe you feel like some of these people. Uh, maybe you feel like this guy. You know, <laughs> you know where, where I am just burdened down. I, th- this was the cubicle next to Jerry, and I think Jerry's felt this way lately with all of the end-of-year financial stuff. Maybe you feel like this, this, poor, uh, this poor mom, you know, you felt like that. Some of you were thinking, well, us guys don't know what this is all about. But you, you ladies who had kids, you're, you're like, yeah, man, that's like, that was this week. Uh, yeah. Or maybe you feel like this, this poor girl who's, you know, she's got more than she knows what to do with. And she's at Walmart, can't find her car. You know, because it's way out somewhere. She went out the wrong door. Ever done that at Walmart where you go in one door and you end up checking out at the other end and you go out and you think, I can't find my car? You know, pressure, it's, it's a reality. It's a reality. I, I think that it would be fair to say that all of us would be or would say that we feel like we're under pressure at times. Like we feel the weight of a million different things on our shoulders. Maybe you've been guilty of some of these statements. I have so much to do. Anybody? Work is killing me. (laughs) Feel like a taxi service for those of you that are parents. If my boss gives me one more thing to do, I'm going to fill in the blank. I've been out almost every night this week. When's it going to end? Life seems to be going so fast. I I can't keep up with this pace. If I open one more bill this week, I I don't know how we're going to afford it. If we don't start to curb our spending, we're going to be in trouble. Or we're already in trouble, and I don't know what to do about it. Pressure's a reality. It's a reality. And it's going to happen. We're not going to be able to rid ourselves of pressure. That's just not possible. It's inevitable. But hear this, and and maybe even write it in your sermon notes, right at the top there. Pressure doesn't need to be oppressive. Pressure is inevitable, but it doesn't need to keep us down. It doesn't need uh, to hold us back. It doesn't need to stop us from experiencing the life that God's designed for us, the great life that God has for us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has a great life planned for you? He does. 
And, and, and the weight of the world doesn't need to prevent that from happening. Pressure isn't just something that we need to learn to cope with. Heard that yesterday as we were at our um, Susquehanna conference. Uh, we don't need to just cope with pressure. We can, we can live and, and experience incredible peace. We can experience freedom. Pressure does not need to be oppressive. And over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about how do we free ourselves? How do we, in a relationship with God, experience freedom? A question that I want to kick off this morning with is this. Are your priorities producing peace or pressure? Think about that for a minute. Are you feeling oppressed right now? And maybe even under that question, take a second and, and note, you know, how are you feeling? Are you feeling held back by the pressure of the stuff around you? Are your priorities, the things that you feel you need to accomplish, the things that you feel you need to get done, are they creating this sense of oppression in your life? I'm going to tell you right now that, that uh, this is not going to be a message this morning where I tell you what your priorities should be or where I say, you know, it needs to be in this order. I'm not going to specifically do that this morning. I want us to rather look at peace and experiencing peace in life, period. In, in the day-to-day living of life and the routines, how can I experience peace? Experiencing peace in all of the things that I choose to do. All of the things that I'm given to do. How do we do that? Is it possible? And, and we're going to look at what the Bible says about that. The reality is, is we all have a to-do list. Now every single one of us, whether you're the kind of person that writes it down or not, you, we've all got a to-do list. Whether it's in our minds, whether it's given to us, the honeydew list. I wasn't going to say that, but I thought I got to get it in there. <laughs> The honeydew lists. You know, we have a list of things that are priorities to us, responsibilities, relationships that need to be maintained, tasks that are important and have to get done in some cases. And the question is, am I stressed out by those things? Does my to-do list stress me out? Is it an oppressive weight in my life? here's where I want to go right now. What are we looking for? What are we looking for? And I believe this. I believe that we all truly want to experience peace. I don't think there is anyone in this building that would say, you know, I, I want stress. You know, I believe we're all looking for rest. Every single one of us, we're all looking for that point in time where we can just sit down, put our feet up, and, and relax. You know, that's what we're searching for, that place of, of peace. You know, we all want to be free, and this is a, the definition of peace. Um, we all want to be free from annoyance, from distraction. We want to be free from the anxiety that life seems to create. We want to be free from the obsess, obsessive nature of our culture and getting things done. We want tranquility, and we want serenity. We want those things. We look for them. 
We want to be free from the burden. We want to be able to, to sit out on the back deck with a hamburger and a Coke, enjoying the relationships that we have with people, and, and, and not feel like we have to get up and go do something or get something done, don't we? Yeah, maybe you don't. I do. That's what I feel. So many days I wish I could just do that. Writer in Proverbs says that a heart at peace gives life to the body. A heart that is at peace gives life to the body. A, a heart that's experiencing that sense of, uh, of contentment and, and tranquility gives life to the body. This is what we want. It's what we long for. It's what we, we think about at night. It, it's what we lie awake at night thinking, how can I, what do I need to do tomorrow? How quickly can I get it done so that I can get home and what? Stop. Right? We're looking for peace. It's what we want. It's why we can't wait to get away for vacation. You know, and, 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 and why we mark the days off until we're gone. You know, I know four guys that left for Virginia this morning for a four-day golfing trip that, you know, that would sure be nice to be on. That's why they're not here this morning. We want peace. We want, we want this. We want life. We want it, but we're, are we looking in the right place for it? How do, we, how do we go about finding it? How do you and I go about trying to find peace? And I think we, we go about it the wrong way, and I think this is exactly where the problem starts. We try and find peace in accomplishment, through accomplishment. If, if we can just get to the point of accomplishing, finishing, completing my to-do list, then... I'll experience peace. Then I'll experience rest. Once I get all of this stuff, this list, out of my way, then I'll be at a place where I can stop. Then I'll be at a place where there's nothing more to do, and the pressure will be lifted, and I'll experience the peace that I so long for. Isn't that the case? Don't we? The problem is, is that there will always be one more thing to add to the to-do list. There's always going to be another opportunity. There's always going to be another option. There's always going to be another open door. We said right at the get-go, pressure's inevitable. We live in a world where, where, where our priorities are constantly being added to. They don't go away. Kids just don't disappear. Work just doesn't cease to stop happening. It just does. And so we keep trying to, to get things done in order to find peace. And, and so if this is the problem, if the pro we're never going to be finished with accomplishing, we need to find some way of experiencing peace in the midst of life. We need to find some way to find peace in the midst of all the things that need to be done. See, the problem is when we look to accomplishment for peace, 
for freedom, for that ability to stop. For Some of us, you know, even look to, to accomplishment for our self-worth. The more I get done, the more I'm liked, the more the boss likes me. But the problem is, is the more we look to accomplishment to, to fill those things, the more we're not going to be satisfied. Follow me. If I'm trying to accomplish it all and I never get it done, what am I going to continue to do? Try and do more at a faster pace, and it's going to continue to pile up. So rather than stopping for dinner, I'm going to try and, and work through lunch, work through dinner in order to accomplish so that I can stop. And guess what happens? No peace. And so we try and satisfy this sense of peace by accomplishing more, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And if you have found it to work, then please, you know, come and tell me how to do it because I've tried and it doesn't work. Back a few weeks ago, and I've struggled with this my entire, my entire life. Yeah, I'd say life. I took two weeks ago now, I didn't take my day off. Because I had so much work to do. So I thought, well, I'll just work. And, and that way I can get a head start on the week and I can get a bunch of stuff cleaned up and caught up. And so I'll work Monday and that'll free me up for the rest of the week. You know what? Never does. I got stuff done, but it just meant that I could fit more into Tuesday and Tuesday moved into Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, and every day just accumulated more, and it was never satisfied. I never did come to the end of the week and feel that sense of peace, even though I accomplished a whole pile of stuff. And not only does it create more stress on me because my mind doesn't get to stop, I'm continually trying, thinking and going, and so my, my, my mind is incredibly pressured, but it, it wears on my family because they feel the pressure that I'm under and the weight that I'm under. And it even downloads onto you as a congregation. It affects you when I'm trying to find peace through accomplishment. It's a problem. It doesn't work. And we need to admit it. Yeah, I think we just need to admit it that accomplishment is not where we're going to find peace. No amount of trying to get more done is going to give me that sense of peace that I'm longing for. So, so if clearing off our to-do list doesn't end in peace, then what does? How do we truly go about achieving peace? Is it even possible? I mean, some of you are thinking, okay, fine. You're telling me peace is possible. What do I do then? Do I just throw out the to-do list? Do, do I stop working? <laughs> Do I go to some, you know, deserted island where I'm by myself and have no family that, that are tying me down? Do I toss the TV out the well? That might be a good uh, possible solution. Do I just live in isolation? I think there's a passage of Scripture that we can look at that really ties into this. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It's in your notes, I believe. Jesus is walking with his disciples, and they're on their, their way, and they come to this village, it says, where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. 
She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sisters left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. This is a big deal. <laughs> Jesus, the master, the rabbi, the teacher, was coming to their house. He was going to be spending some time there. This was, this was a huge deal for both Mary and Martha. They were both pretty excited about this. And, and so as Jesus comes, they're both excited. Let's not, let's not take and, and crash on Martha, okay? Sometimes she's been hacked on. Let's not do that. They're both extremely excited that Jesus is there. Mary wants to sit down with Jesus and just... What happened in your trip? You know, she wants to get to the personal. And Martha wants to make everything just right for Jesus. She wants to, to, to just see everything happen. She wants to make sure he's well fed and, and that he has a good time. So, so that, that, that at the end of this, she could sit down with him too. See, her desire wasn't wrong. Both wanted to spend time with Jesus. They're just trying to come at it from different ends. And Jesus, in this passage, if you continue to look at it, nowhere in it does he say that, that either one of them is doing something wrong, does he? He doesn't say to Martha, you should be sitting at my feet listening to me. He doesn't say that. He doesn't hack on her. Problem is while Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, Martha is preparing, but she's not just preparing. What's she doing? She's fretting. She's worrying. She's, she's taking on this pressure of completing what she feels need to be done in order to finally be able to sit down with Jesus. She wants to experience the peace and the serenity, the tranquility of sitting with Jesus too. But she thinks she's going to find it in accomplishing the task, in getting the to-do list done. And I think the reality is that while Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, Martha didn't need to stop doing what she was doing in order to experience Jesus. Their houses were not built like ours. We're talking one room. She was in the same vicinity, the same general area as Mary and Jesus. She could have been doing the preparations and still... Have, have you ever had company over while you're still preparing a meal? And, and people, you know, you can still engage. You can still enjoy their company while you're preparing dinner, can't you? I can. And I think Martha could have. She could have experienced Jesus right there while she was doing the task. But she was putting all her cards on the accomplishment end. Once I get this done, then... I can experience Jesus. Then I can experience peace. And I think that answers this next question. Where do we truly find peace? It's not an accomplishment. Where is it? 
It's not at the end of a to-do list. Did you hear me say that? You will never find a relief to pressure at the end of a to-do list, ever. It's found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. Peace comes through Jesus Christ. Listen to this scripture. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with, with bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness, you hearing this, it was our weakness that Jesus carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment for God for his own sins. But he was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was whipped and we were healed. Jesus came to take the pressure off, to bear our burdens. Jesus came so that we could experience peace. He he says, I have come that you might have life and life to the fullest. A heart at peace gives life to the body. Peace is found in a relationship with Christ. Peace comes through Jesus Christ. Peace is found as I sit at Jesus' feet. Peace is found as I invite Jesus into my day, into the things that I'm doing. Peace comes as I walk with Him and as I follow His lead. Jesus said, what, I am with you always. He doesn't just find us in the times when we're done Jesus wants to be there in the midst of the day, in the midst of the stuff that we have to do. Jesus is right there with us and says, you can experience peace right in the middle of all the things, all the priorities that you have. It's not a matter of accomplishment. It wasn't that Martha was doing anything wrong, but she was trying to find peace in accomplishment. And that's what Jesus is saying to her. Martha, Martha, you're worried, you're distracted about so many things, but only one thing is needed, and that's what Mary has chosen. Was Jesus just talking about her sitting down at his feet? I don't think so. I think what she chose was to be with Jesus in what she was doing. And Martha could have chosen to be with Jesus, to experience Jesus in what she was doing. But she chose not to. She chose not to. Martha was trying to find Jesus by accomplishing her to-do list. And Jesus isn't found at the end of a to-do list. (laughs) We want him to be there, though, don't we? Let's be honest. I want Jesus to be at the end of my to-do list when I can sit down and really enjoy him. But Jesus isn't found at the end of a to-do list. He says, I I want you to find me in the midst of your to-do list. I want to minister to you in the midst of life's circumstances. I want to bring peace in the middle of your stuff in the middle of your work day, in the middle of dealing with family problems, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your sorrow, in the middle of your hurting, that's where I want to bring peace to your life. That's where you're going to find it, in me, Jesus says. 
And as I seek to glorify God in everything I do, as I seek to do my work to the best of my ability so that God is glorified, I'm going to experience peace. As I seek to be the best dad I can and and to do it with Jesus at my side, I'm going to experience peace. As I seek to be the best pastor I can and glorify God in that, I'm going to find peace. As I glorify God in everything I do, there's going to be peace there. I think, though, that we try and fit Jesus into our lives rather than living our lives with him. Did you catch that? I think too many of us try and schedule Jesus in and make him fit into my to-do list, into my PDA, rather than living life with him. Letting him meet me in all of the things that I do today. All of the things that are on my priority list. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I love this verse, and we're going to look here for just a couple seconds. Don't worry, Paul says, about anything. Tell God what you pray about everything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you you need and thank him for all he's done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, my priority has to be Jesus and my relationship with him. That's my priority. And I live my life and do all of the necessary things in light of that. That's what Jesus is trying to bring us to, what Paul's talking about here. The condition of my relationship with Jesus is going to determine the peace that I experience under pressure. The condition of my relationship with Jesus, if I don't have a relationship with Jesus, there's no hope to feeling peace under pressure. I know that sounds really bleak, but that's the honest truth. In a relationship with Christ, I can experience that weight being lifted off. I'm still going to experience pressure, but I'm going to be able to experience peace in it. I'm going to be able to experience freedom. So how do I do that? How do you and I, let's get really practical for just a couple minutes. How do I find peace in my life today? And there's a million things I could tell you, but I'm only going to give you four. First of all, make your relationship with God your number one priority. Number one priority has to be God. And and if it's not, then I can't help you anymore. It's as simple as that. That that without a relationship with Christ, life is not going to be peaceful. There may be moments, but it will not be the abundant life, that life that, that, that a heart that brings life. He says in, in that verse in Philippians, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. That's making God priority. Not worrying, bringing it to God throughout the day. I'm feeling stressed. God, I'm feeling stressed right now. Can you please minister to me? God, I'm not sure what I need to do. 
I've got all of these options in front of me. What do I do? And so it's making God a priority in our lives. Second thing, we sit down with him to determine our to-do list. Again, this is practical. Start of the week, you know what you've got to do for the week for the most part. Sit down with him and pray about it. List out all of your priorities. List out all of your tasks. List out all of your responsibilities and relationships and say, God, there is way too much here for me to figure out what one needs to be on my list this week or what needs to get done because there's no way I can accomplish it all. Will you show me as I sit here and wait with you on what's priority? You know what? He'll show us. And I know some of you are brand new to this. Maybe you're here for the first time and you've never, you don't even, you don't even know what I'm talking about, but I, I, I can say that God will start to help you prioritize. He'll start to show you through modeling through other people, through specific, you, you may get a sense that, that this is what God wants, the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, God said, I leave you, Jesus said, I'm going to leave you, the Holy Spirit, and he'll guide you and he'll lead you. He starts to show us what needs to be there, what needs to be cut out. And so we need to sit down with him and determine, says, ask, come to me, don't worry about it, ask me, and what does he say? Tell God what you need and thank him, and then in verse 7 he says, if you do this, you will experience God's peace. Not you might. If you trust me, you trust your life to me and you trust your your schedule to me you trust your life to me you will experience peace i'll order it for you which is far more wonderful than the human mind see we don't think that this can happen because this is supernatural what god does in our lives it's beyond our imagination thirdly point c need to establish boundaries and stick to them establish boundaries and stick to them. We're, the, we're our own enemies, aren't we? I know I am. You know, I set my schedule. I sit down with the Lord on Sunday night or, or first thing Monday morning, and, and I set my schedule for the week, and then what do I end up doing? Changing it. Or someone else, you know, I, I, I start adding stuff. And I'm not saying that we can't do that, but for the, I, I, I add things, but then what do I not do? Take some things out. And so I end up crowding my life again, and it goes into chaos. And so the things that were, were, were a priority, things that God spoke to me that were priorities, I'm all of a sudden moving to the back burner for things that I think are important or, or things that may seem emergent that necessarily aren't. And it's, this verse is very clear that we can trust him Ask him, and in doing that, we're going to experience peace. I think a couple key things are we need to establish a time to start our day with God. doesn't need to be long, but I think there, we have to establish a, a time to start the day where we're inviting Jesus into our day. We're inviting the Holy Spirit into our day to lead us and guide us. It has to happen. Or else, we're, what are we doing? We're going to accomplish a bunch of tasks that we think are necessary and important, but may not be. 
So we need to start off the day. Secondly, I think we need to establish a mealtime as a family. And I know this doesn't totally fit, but it does. Because there are too many families who don't stop and and, and sit and and eat together and experience the fellowship. I'm not just talking about families with kids. I'm talking about families in general. But to stop and, and establish a time of enjoying one another's company. Don't, th- don't let things prevent you from being connected in relationships throughout the week. Don't let things crowd out small group time. Don't let things crowd out times when you may connect with someone else that's going to be an encouragement to you. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. I think that's an important one. These are all about boundaries. Eating the right foods is important. Exercise. There's just a few things of boundaries that we need to establish And I think fourthly, just to wrap up here, we need to do everything with the right attitude. It starts with the right attitude. Work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Do everything with the right attitude. Maureen's going to come and and share a a special piece of music. And and as she does, I want to ask you a couple questions as she comes. And you can use your sermon notes to note this, but are you longing for contentment this morning? I asked you the question right off the top. Are you experiencing peace in your priorities? Are you experiencing contentment? Are you longing for contentment? Would you say you want to be driven? Would you want to be driven um, by priorities or be in rhythm with God's purpose? Where are you at in your desire? Do you want to be driven by all the things that there are to do, or do you want to experience the gentle rhythm of God's leading? It's a good question. What's your number one priority? What's your number one priority? Because it's only in walking with God that we're going to experience peace in a pressure-filled world. It's in Jesus that we find peace in the pressure that the world brings, that we're going to experience. And remember what I said, pressure does not need to be oppressive. It does not need to be oppressive. Oppressive. 